0: welcome to podcast nine we made it to nine and we're almost at 10 which is super awesome so thank you for the support um today we have a super special interview one because yeah, she actually brought pizza Woo! <laughs> which is so sick <laughs> and we're at her, at her awesome shop so if you're on youtube watching or if you're not on youtube watching you should definitely go watch it because her shop is amazing and we're stoked to be here but yes, yeah, so we have ann tilly and hey, hey, hey. from Julian slash Greensboro. Her mm-hmm. shop's in Greensboro, but she lives in Julian, North mm-hmm. Carolina. Um, 1,500 small, people.
1: Small farming community just outside of town. So
0: and farms on the side. But <laughs>
1: <Sorry. laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, cool. So tell us about yourself, Anne. You're a Tetso artist, so what yes. does that mean?
1: Okay, well, so I love anything fibery. I yes. love like soft tech and I just always was really interested in crafts related to soft tech and I was always really into sewing and fashion and so I feel like textile artist kind of encompasses my love of sewing and making clothes okay. and I do a lot of knitting and knit artwork and crochet artwork and yes. uh, I, love, I love anything soft.
0: Anything soft, mm-hmm. any fabrics, you know, I'm
1: awesome. I'm I'm like terrible with a hammer because I'm like hitting it all lightly and stuff because I'm I'm used Which to so is much what you finesse. Don't do with <laughs> a I know hammer. I'm I'm like I'm so I don't have any you know because with with sewing and and with fibers it's all about easing things in and you you never like force anything right. So when I whenever I have to do anything with like aggression, I'm, I always have to like build up to it because I'm like oh right I gotta
0: exactly. I
1: gotta use force now. So <laughs>
0: that's cool though. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you were, were you born and raised
1: here? I was born in Durham. Okay. And, yeah, so my, um, I'm like a, at least like a fourth generation Durhamite. My great grandfather started a plumbing business there that my dad still runs. So, all my family is still in Durham. Okay. And it has now turned into this like super hip community. Yes, it has. And it's cool because like my parents still live like really close to downtown. So, I love spending time in Durham, but I got to a point where I needed to get out. Yeah. Like I loved it, and it was, but it was changing. It was getting so cool, and it was there was too many fun things to do. And so I, <laughs> yeah. when I moved out to Julian, I'd never lived like rurally before. Yeah, and having that like space away from like all of this socialization really helped me focus on my art more.
0: That's good. So awesome. I think you out here, and it's not as much. I guess. Not many distractions out here. You kind of can focus more yeah. on your fabrics and soft
1: Yeah. So, stuff. like, I yeah I grew up, like, downtown Durham. Yeah. And then I lived in downtown Savannah. And then I lived in Los Angeles for a couple of years. Oh. And then when I came back, we had this opportunity to move out to Julian. We, like, live in a family rental house. Um, one of Adam's aunts nice. owns the house. And we were really scared about the idea of like living rurally. Yeah, we were, I so used to being downtown, but I'd always wanted to try it. And right. so now I'm like super addicted. Love it. I love it so much. And I, I mean, I you know I'm only like 15 minutes away from Greensboro. So yeah, so I, if I get lonely, I can come into town or um you know go out to eat and stuff. But yeah. having that space now is like super bad. It's, it's addictive. Yeah.
0: So that's so cool. And I'll definitely come back to you traveling in a little bit because I'm sure those areas you went to had an impact on your stuff now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm going to step back. What piqued your interest in working with textiles? Was it schooling? Was it where you kind of grew up on it or what?
1: That's a good question. I was always interested in it. And my mother couldn't have been less interested. She, so she, had, <laughs> she was a, a child of the 70s and her mother had made all of her clothes and was very domestic. And I think she kind of rebelled against that kind of idea of a domestic female and, but for whatever reason, I just was always really interested in sewing and making. And now I've kind of understood that I just, I just love making, yeah. but I, I was drawn to that. So as a kid, I would like bug my grandma to teach me how to knit when I would go visit with her. And I had one grandma who knit and one who sewed. So when I would go visit the one who sewed, we would like make knit, a skirt, so we would make, you know, things. And, and my mother, I think was just scratching her head the whole time, but
0: just like, Yeah,
1: Yeah. But I think, you know, maybe it was like me rebelling from my mother by like, um, by wanting to do this. And, you know, she was like smart enough that she had a sewing machine, but she didn't care that I could take it in my room. And I basically like stole it in high school and just was like living in my room (laughs) and I've, I've. I've taught sewing lessons over the years. And one of the things I've heard is that a lot of people are really scared to break a sewing machine because yeah. their, their mother or their grandmother was like, don't break it. This is precious. And so I think one of the biggest treats my mom gave me was basically like gave me free range of this and right. like, didn't, didn't stress me out about breaking it. And like, so like I would have it, it would like, you know, seize up on me and I would have to figure out how Let's to fix, fix it, it because I didn't have anyone around me that would teach me. Yeah, And so that, like having to learn how to, how the machine worked on my own. Like I found when I went to college, I went to college for fashion that okay. that, that was like a super advantage that I like knew how the machine worked because I had gotten a chance to like right. figure it out for my own.
0: So that's awesome. So it's definitely a mixture of kind of your family life and schooling as well.
1: Yeah. And that I think I just, and interest. I think I also just always wanted to be different yeah. from everyone else and so that like you know i so i was in high school in like the early 2000s and nobody really did crafting like no one really sewed there there wasn't for me there wasn't um soft tech you know knitting wasn't really that popular and so i think i think i might have seen it as like a rebellion yeah something that i could have my own and it was just you know being in high school you like your interests are getting interested in clothes and so i would yeah. go to the thrift store and get things and like s- try to customize them Alter and, it out. That's, yeah that's
0: freaking cool yeah so, so you were like like that kid at school had the funky clothes and people were like what is what is some she doing? stuff
1: was more successful than others but i would <laughs> i remember one time i had, had bought these pants for like a dollar and i had tried to sew them tighter and the whole crotch busted open during oh math class oh my god and no and so i went up to the front of the um the classroom and got the stapler and stapled my crotch shut, like in the, <laughs> middle of the class. And, yeah. and and even now, I feel like really impressed with myself that I was able to staple it shut and carry on with my day.
0: Oh my gosh, I'm and, sure they would have uh, like, what is she doing? She's, I think
1: I, like, creeped up there, you know, I'm just, just like, like <laughs> click, click, sh- click, sh- click.
0: Sh- yeah. <laughs> then walk back to your desk, like, nothing i all
1: smug with myself, like, yeah, resolved. Yeah. So. I'm in <laughs> Can't fool me, yeah.
0: That's awesome. So your mom was, at the same time, she was super supportive, but at the same time was very hands-off, and like I guess that carried on all throughout till you got to college. Yeah. And how was how was college like how were how was doing fashion stuff there
1: well so i well i can even go back before that i like always took art classes growing up mm-hmm. so i was really lucky i had an elementary school that had a really great art program okay and i had this like crazy teacher who you know she like wore purple every day her name was miss purple and like she was just one of those really unique people and i totally clung on to her and she nurtured that interest in me, yeah, and I'd I'd get to like leave class and go like make art, you know, and then I went to Durham School of the Arts for middle and high school. It had oh, just nice. opened, and that was basically the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me. Like Durham School of the Arts was amazing. You were required to take an art class every semester,
0: yeah, of course,
1: and right, and like, uh, yeah, it was just a really cool alternative school. We didn't have football. You know, like the geek, there were so many different geeks and the geeks, that was like, everyone was a geek. Um, so, yeah, I, so I had kind of taken a fine art funnel and was doing a lot of painting. And so I knew I wanted to go to art school and I wanted to do painting. And But then the sewing thing was something I did at home that I was really interested in. I got really into fashion, but I didn't really think that fashion was like, I thought it was kind of a superficial, stupid you know, yeah. like, flippy thing. And, you know, my parents are plumbers. So I totally was scared to tell them that I was really into fashion. fashion. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go to art school. I'm going to do painting and illustration. Okay. But I'm going to pick an art school that has a, has a fashion. So that in case I'm interested in this, I've got, like, options. So I um, was look. So I applied to Savannah College of Art and Design. Down in Savannah. Scared. So that's,
0: that was your time in Savannah. In right? Savannah. Okay, yeah. We, go
1: ahead. So, um, I almost like day one, it was like orientation and they're like, here's the bus for the painting department. Here's the bus for the fashion department. And I just did a like 180 and just got on the, the fashion bus. Cause I think also part of me was like, you know, art is something that I can always, you know, do in my own time, but like fashion and design is something that I don't know if I can teach myself. So I kind of and I think maybe from a practical point of view I was like I think that sounds more like a job yeah like fashion so <laughs> I like immediately jumped on the fashion bus and I mean it was like I remember getting like my you know you get your sheet of all the classes you have to take to graduate and I remember being like I to take this class oh my god I
0: can take like, this class
1: like fuck yeah this is like the coolest classes <laughs> and so you know I think I knew that that was like the right place for me and I did and I was able to take some art classes I took some printmaking classes that were super awesome and I would have loved in another life to have done printmaking
0: but so printmaking as far as like just making screens and stuff and doing that was
1: well or yeah or like um like woodblock cutting like engraving I I gotta take an intro class and it was just like I don't know it's just a fun process yeah and uh
0: that's cool so yeah and
1: in like my in my other life should, I would have, you should, have done you that totally still do it but you know I mean now I mean we're doing print that's print true you're, still, a, you're kind of way. doing
0: it you know in a way
1: yeah so that's awesome um, but yeah and then I started the fashion program and then the Almost immediately, I had a girl tell me about this fibers department that they had, and she was like, yeah, and she like explained to me. She was like, yeah, it's like they teach you how to like design patterns for like wallpaper and fabrics or or like weaving and dyeing and 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 she basically listed off like all of these things I loved, and I was like, I was like, where do I sign up? So yeah. I immediately looked in the fibers pro- program and started getting a minor in that. Okay. And I think by the end of my 4 years, I would have preferred to have majored in fibers. But there was a lot of things in the fashion department that were really valuable, you know. Like in the fibers department, they didn't really teach you how to sew. Really? So yeah, which I think was that's, didn't really make any sense. That's ironic. All the all the fibers <laughs> students thought I was like the most amazing sewer, so and I was like, I'm a, I was like, no, I'm like taking classes on this. Like that's what. But anyways, so that was huge to to discover the fibers department, and and they their that part, department was really good because they were like, okay. These are different ways that you can create a job with fibers. Yeah. So you can either be a fine art artist. You can be a fine art artist with fibers. You can, you know, do production uh, designing. You can do CAD work. You know, you can make products and sell products. And so they did a really good job of like breaking down how you take this information into the world. Yeah. And like create your own job. That's
0: cool though, in a way.
1: And like the fashion department was like, oh, we're going to teach you how to be the next Marc Jacobs and it was like okay well there's only one, one margin, decades, you know? exactly so it was kind of like I, I don't feel like the fashion department was very practical in that sense but that so that that's what i liked about the fibers department was yeah they were like
0: this is super different
1: yeah it's more realistic i guess it was much more realistic and yeah. then of course i graduated in 2008 and like all the you know the stock market cra- market crashed crash, and, and everybody was like you know you're fucked um, but, it, you know, it was kind of cool because at the same time, it was like I always knew I wanted to define my own path career-wise. Yeah. So it was like, okay, well, don't waste your time trying to get any kind of jobs because there aren't any. There aren't so any figure other. out how to create a job. Yeah. So that kind of worked all right for me, except for that it was very stressful.
0: Yeah, but I mean, I wouldn't know enough. i would- I was still in school then but like it was it was a very stressful time for a lot of people. Yeah. But yeah, it was it literally
1: worked. like right as I graduated. It was like, oh
0: shit. It's like no. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's no other words it's like, okay, <laughs> awesome, Dang. great.
1: Dang, all right. Well, here we go. It's like oh, real world. Yeah. So, yeah, so do you want me to keep going on my story yeah. or um, so I graduated, and I had a boyfriend at the time that uh, got a job out in Los Angeles. So that's
0: when. You and get the so interest. I said,
1: "Okay, I don't know what else to do with my life.
0: <laughs> Going to LA.
1: Let me do what everyone else does, and that's follow a, a partner. <laughs> you know, follow a love interest, some <laughs> ridiculous place. So I mean, for me, it was really like an excuse to go there. To go to California. And in hindsight, like if he hadn't have uh, had initiated that, I don't know if I would ever had the gumption to do it. Yeah. And so I'm kind of thankful for that opportunity and um LA was a very extreme place. I was
0: gonna ask you how how was that?
1: It was very, very extreme, so there was like extremely cool things about it and right. extremely shitty. Shitty things. things. So like, you know, especially when you have no money and like all of your money is going to your rent. Rent.
0: Yep, I've so, heard that many times.
1: Like, I mean you'd have to pay to park to go anywhere. It'd be like ten dollars. <sighs> And like ten dollars, I, I couldn't do ten dollars, you know. And then and then wherever you were going probably costs money, mm-hmm. you know. So like I was the scrub that brought my bicycle, and like my first job was where can I go that I can bicycle. So I literally looked at the geography of where I lived. <laughs>
0: so we're going <laughs> So it was like, not...
1: you know, I was like washing dogs. I was like, I was a balloon delivery person, which actually ended up being a really cool job because I got to go to all these like fancy places. What? Um, but it was insane. also like the dirtiest and hardest job because trying to transport balloons in a city... Oh, and, any, and anytime you go outside with balloons, it's crazy, right? So imagine yeah. having like a bouquet of balloons and you're like, anyway. you just
0: kind But of I got to go to it.
1: some pretty fancy. I got to go one time into this gated community and we drove for a while. Of course, note that I'm like sitting in the ground in the back of the sprinter van, right? Like yeah. I'm not even like have a real seat. And then we go and there's another gate in the gated community. And so we go gate. into a second gated community and then it's like up against this like cliff facade, and so like literally it was like the most like exclusive hidden. And then of course, the woman, the you know the the help opens the door, and there's like this like Jean du Buffet sculpture, just like Ooh, in fancy. the front foyer. And I literally was like, I studied that in college. Like, I know what that is. Like, what? Like, but a double gated community, like only in That's LA. Intense.
0: <laughs> That's too intense. That's too ridiculous. Why do you need two gates? <laughs> oh uh, so did you do any fabric textile stuff are you in LA
1: well so then I found um this workshop space where I was I became the sewing director and was teaching people like beginner sewing lessons Oh, cool! so that was a blessing and my and my two bosses were like from Georgia you know oh, so, you're so, East that, Coast, so, so you're... that was already like yeah thank you so like, just, like oh, just say <laughs> just say y'all for me will you just say y'all <laughs> and not laugh at me and say that it sounds cute you know um but so I was, that was great. And it kind of reignited and like, I, I kind of left college and I was like torn up. Like I was worn out. My brain felt like it had just clean melted out my ears <laughs> and I had nothing. I was empty. I was completely empty. And so for a while I just needed to just do and be. Okay. And then that, that job kind of helped me re, get re-excited about sewing again. Cause mm-hmm. like the fashion industry had kind of pushed the fashion department had kind of pushed me away from sewing and had tried to emphasize design. right? But what I really loved was the building part, like the construction part of sewing. Not necessarily like making these couture things, right? Mm-hmm. So that kind of reignited my passion and then I made a really good friend who was the knitting teacher there. And she kind of ignited my passion, reignited my passion in knitting. And so that kind of was my very first step into the art that I make today, which is mostly all knitted artwork. Um, so, yeah, so she got me going on that path. Um, but really, you know, I was never interested in making knitted garments, which is ironic because I'm a fashion this, person. Yeah. But I think it's because in the South, you don't really need that many sweaters or scarves. And, like, I'm hot-blooded person, so, like, I only need, like, like one scarf. Yeah. You know, like, one hat. And so... And then also there's all these rules. If you make a sweater, you have to kind of, you have to like pay attention to gauge and how it, because you're building the fabric and building the garment at the same time. Right. So it just felt like intimidating. So I was like, okay, I want to knit and I want to make art. And I tried to go back to my painting and it just, the inspiration wasn't there for me. Okay. And I think, I think what it was, was, it was just that blank canvas syndrome where you, you're you there and I didn't, I didn't know what I was trying to say. I didn't know what my medium was. I didn't know what my techniques were. And so I just, I didn't have anything to get me started painting wise. Um, but then I started playing with knitting and knitting kind of comes with its own level of constraint. Like, like, you know, for example, like with this knitted piece here, you know, if you do a row, you do one row at a time, and you can only do, like, one color at a time. Right. And and it's like a grid. So, like, to design something in a grid is yeah. much more limiting than having a blank piece of paper. Okay, right? exactly. So, I started, like, just taking graph paper and designing stuff in graph paper.
0: Because it's in the cubes. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. it's just, just like, like yeah, it's
1: basically a pixelated image right. is what knitting is. Yeah. So, that that constraint kind of got me excited. And I I, I did my first, like color work design so that just a, kind of a general knitting term the color work just means any piece of art with more than one color right uh, well <laughs> I know that's kind of obvious <laughs> but so like color work so I did my first like color work piece that someone else designed and then I was like maybe I can design my own and then you, you know you one step at a time one step at a time and then you end up with really crazy stuff that people were like how did you do so that looking, and you're yeah like, that's me looking at this yeah it's like
0: this is probably a good one to look at on youtube because that's wild i mean she's sitting behind a piece that's insane i'm definitely thinking like how the fuck like how's that possible <laughs> to do that but, and that
1: to me that's like the greatest compliment yeah exactly i love like making people not like i love being able to take a technique or something and transcend it to a point where like People are like, I don't. How did you even do that? Yeah,
0: like where did you even start? Uh, yeah, but that's a different conversation, of course. <laughs> but I definitely want to get into like so briefly. How did you venture back to the west or east coast?
1: Um. Like, well, what? so you know, LA was a really extreme place, and I was pretty angry. Yeah. <laughs> because I couldn't handle it and I found I just it helped me understand that I was not a big city person.
0: Oh. Good point. And
1: I missed the East Coast. And so we decided to move back to Durham. And like almost as soon as we moved back, our relationship disintegrated and cuz he he was from somewhere else. And so um yeah, so I kind of ended up back in Durham. So
0: you're back in...
1: And I was, like, living above my parents' garage, you know? Oh, shit. And, uh, you know, finding myself as a single woman, as an adult. It start, I was loving that independence and...
0: Single doing your thing. Um,
1: but at the same time, like, you know, living right there next to my parents, you know, my mom would be, like, wanting me to come eat dinner with her and, like, sit on the porch and drink beer for, like, three hours. And, like, so, like, I, you know, I didn't have <laughs> a lot of, like... Like really isolated time free time yeah. so i yeah I, I um i came back and i got a job um i kind of fell into this like sweet job as a sample maker at a denim company oh cool uh, making jeans and that kind of really got me back into the fashion industry okay, and good. i studied like the pattern maker who i worked underneath so like when you make gar- a fashion garment you have a you start with a pattern maker and a sample maker and so they'll they'll make the flat paper patterns and then I'll take the paper patterns and cut and sew the garment and then you analyze it and you make changes and and then once you get the final garment then it goes into a production right so like the sample maker and the pattern maker are like crucial elements right at the beginning and so the pattern maker the the company I was working at is like this like 80-year-old German woman and basically like <laughs> You know, like, as soon as I, like, got a job there, I was like, I want to, like, just learn from you. Yes. You know, like, you have, I, I mean, you're 80 years old. How much, you know, like, yeah. you are master pattern maker. She's
0: she probably just doing a damn thing.
1: Yeah, so I was like, I was like, I, I want to learn with you. And so I was able to, like, kind of work my way. It was a small enough business that I was able to kind of work my way uh, to where I was basically working right under her. You were just like. And she really helped me cultivate a passion for, like, um make like kind of you know, I kind of like you know I left fashion school and I had like an introduction to like every aspect, but you still only just get an introduction like you, you you know you're learning pattern making, but you only learn it for like one semester, yeah, and so you're not you kind of just get like a taste, and so I was still intimidated by the idea of making clothes, right, so she kind of was helping me kind of break it down and unlock the mystery, and um after I had enough with that job. And I um, met my husband. We decided to move in together. Okay. And um, so he was the one that found the house in Julian. And so then that gave me a reason to quit my job because it was also one of those things where I wasn't really happy there, and I felt like I was trading water, and I felt like I was putting my life on hold. And I knew I needed to just do it, yes. you know. And I'm not. I'm not very good at. Um, you know, like actively looking for another job while you have a job. Like mm-hmm. I'm not that good at that stuff. <laughs> so I was like, I knew I just had to quit.
0: Just quit. And so just start I quit fresh. and we
1: moved to Julian and it was like the greatest thing because I had a studio, like I a separate building out back that I converted into a home studio. Mm-hmm. And I just like spent all my time. And then like, actually what really like launched my art career was Katie who owns the green bean. That's like right down the street from uh-huh. us. She, like, really casually was like, hey, do you want to have an art show, like, yeah. at the Green Bean? <laughs> and I was, like, immediately, like, terrified because I literally had no artwork. I had been making these pieces, but, like, you know, I didn't really know how to f- make a frame for them or, like, how to show them, like... Knit work doesn't re- it's like not really finished until it's framed.
0: Yeah, you know. After that, it's like a kind of a roll. Up. It's a piece of stuff. Yeah. So.
1: So it, I actually really didn't get started with this these pieces until I met my husband Adam because, literally, the first night I met, I was I was like, um, he was like, oh, you can sew. He was like, I build furniture, and I was like, and I was like, he was like, can you upholster? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I also make art. And he was like, oh, well, if you need frames, like, I can make frames. No and, I, shit. and I was like, what? And it's because I knew that I'd have to, like, work with somebody to build frames for me because right. I wanted something very specific. And so he basically, meeting him kind of started this whole, like, knitting, knit artwork. And then Katie gave me this opportunity and I was like, crap. I think it was like May or June. And she wanted me to show in like September. And I, like, didn't have any work. So I basically moved to Julian and full time made art. Worked. Yeah. And basically was like, Oh, this is the coolest life ever. Say yes. Right? Like I just get to like hang out and make art in this home and I was like completely isolated. I didn't have People showed up at my door, went to hang out. There wasn't a bar down the street that I could go, like, hang out at. Like, I literally, like, there's nothing around us but, like, a BP.
0: No mom on the front porch. Yeah, Yeah. it
1: was like, yeah. You know that mom on the front porch is enticing, you know. My mom's a great person. Free beer. But, you know, I was like, I needed that isolation to really, like, channel what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it. And... I got something to say. Dang right. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so that that was huge for me. And for those of y'all who don't know the Green Bean, it's just basically an awesome spot right downtown Greensboro, a big, huge um, coffee shop. That's open, you know, seven a.m. to eleven p.m. every day. Yes. So, like, shout if you're talking out. about visibility, so
0: shout out to the Green Bean. Shout
1: out to the Green Bean. And Katie. Mom. Katie, and Katie Southard was like a was a great for getting that started for me. That's cool. Um, yeah. So then, yeah, then I got a taste of what it was like to be a full time artist, and I was like, I want to do this. Yes. so <laughs> like, this is what this is exactly what I want. I know. I was like, what I want. And
0: so, how did you transition? And i you been talking talk about your. Your, your home personal stuff, and then also working at the shop
1: because
0: mm-hmm. you're at Red Canary. Um, so shout how is it about? Shout out to Antrus. Yo, shout out to Ann. Thanks Ann, for Ann, letting Ann. us
1: record. The
0: homie, I haven't <laughs> met you yet, but I hope they will meet you soon. because you, man. You sound badass. <laughs> but um, so how do you balance that? So you're here and there. Um, obviously, you're at home. You probably working on personal personal projects, and here you're working. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So how's how's that work?
1: Well, so I had been playing with an idea for years and years and years to start my own clothing line. Yeah. And I, then I actually, I, you know what? I met Anne at the opening of my green bean show. Oh, this what? Is so, so perfect. Chance. That's awesome. Yeah. And well, she, we had a mutual friend that kept being like, y'all need to meet. So we met and we kind of developed a friendship over a couple years. And we started to kind of talk about like, Hey, I like, I like clothes. <laughs> oh, me too. Oh, Hey, like I own this digital fabric printing studio where I can print any fabric with any pattern of your choice. And so in my head, I'm like, that's oh, sweet. I can't afford you. Like, just yeah, yet, But I mean. like, this is cool. And then she was basically like, I can't, sew and make clothes well she can sew but like she was like i don't know how to make clothes but i know how to make this fabric and then i was like well i don't know how to make this fabric
0: but i can and
1: so we kind of knew we were like this could be something like we could work together Mm -hmm. and so i did my own thing i had like my own clothing line for like a while last year um while while Anne and i were still kind of mulling over ideas and then when like the learning that i the learning lessons I got from that last year really pushed me into like, you know what? I think I do want to work with a partner. Yes. And so we kind of committed, we, committed to each other like towards the end of Business last year yeah friend, friend we, we, we shook the hands and uh <laughs> 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 now we're huggers we're, we are gotta hug uh, <laughs> so yeah so we kind of like made it official at the end of last year and right now we're like actively building our clothing line we're called ann and ann because we're so stinking cute we're both, and we both have the same name so, um she's got this fabulous studio downtown on Elm Street, right next to Green Bean. And um basically I in the last six months have kind of set up her sewing studio space in the back. Yep. And so we we've we've kind of created our first couple shirts together and we did our photo shoot and we're building our website right now. Damn and right. Hopefully, we'll launch in the next couple months because we're still getting our logo designed and we're getting our LLC established. It's a lot of like legitimate, it's exciting, but I, you know, obviously, I'd rather be like making clothes, but yeah, Yeah, you you know, when you got to establish all this stuff initially and then and then you then you got the flow going. So, um, we're still in this stage where we're having to make a lot of decisions and figure out a lot of stuff for the first time, but you know, and, and been running Red Canary for almost 20 years now. So oh she, my gosh. she's got like a lot of great business experience and used to own the green bean. And right. so she knows what it's like to build a business and sell a business. And, um, so she, she brings a lot of knowledge to the table and we have a lot of fun together. So that's cool. So right now kind of what I'm doing is I'm spending like, we try to spend like two days a week together here. Yeah. So the rest of the week she's working on Red Canary orders I, I have a part-time job with another clothing company called Gaia Conceptions,
0: okay. Okay. which
1: is over there behind Westerwood Tavern. Oh,
0: cool. We're just over it, there?
1: It's all, like, made-to-order organic clothing, so I do production work there, um, which production work's actually really cool because you get to show up, do your job, go home. And then... No strings attached, you know? So I, I get to go show up, cut out garments, sew garments, and I think about, you know... Like, wow, what kind of art am I going to make when I go home? Or like, what, what's my next project? Like, how am I going to troubleshoot? How am I going to frame this piece? You know, so I can like think about that stuff while I'm getting a paycheck. And then, um, and so then I kind of have like one day at home in my studio. I used to be in my home studio every day. All the time, day, yeah. But now it's, it's kind of limited to like one Here, day.
0: there, there. Yeah, so or, or of if, in. or if
1: Ann's busy with something and she can't meet, then I'll be working in my studio. Right. Um...
0: That's cool. I usually meet here, right, the hmm okay. or
1: you know, at the bar at Mellow Mushroom sometimes. So. Hell
0: yeah, like, <laughs> that bit that business spot right at the bar. We can talk right here. We have
1: like our <laughs> our one spot. We always sit at. Um, so you know that depends on you know what we what we need to work on. Um,
0: That's awesome. Yeah, I definitely have to meet her because she sounds to be pretty interesting to talk. Oh to.
1: yeah, and she's she was born and raised in Greensboro, so she's got a lot of roots here, and she knows everybody. Ooh, we. So she's got a lot of connections, and
0: that's very awesome. Mm-hmm. So I definitely want to jump into like your personal work because it's so different. Um, Everything looks very unique. So what? And what's your creative process when you're making kind of this? You know, stuff the toothbrushes and the big old lettering and all that. So what? Where does that inspiration come from?
1: Well, you know, I think that you know, on one level, as as all artists are, you know, we kind of are absorbing creative you know we're absorbing inspiration we're absorbing things all the time and i'm like constantly storing ideas in my head and uh, so i definitely have like a love of pop art graphic colors i love cartoons oh, like yeah i'm telling you the simpsons i like the simpsons <laughs> is like eye candy for me like i don't even have to i can put it on mute and just like this look watch. at the color stories um actually like both of these houses that I just made I I literally was like getting color stories from the simpsons, from the simpsons. So Oh shit. Like so so like a really simple thing I'll do is I'll like pause uh, the screen and I'll pick out like however like many colors like. I see and I I'll, like mark them down with like a with like a marker or and then I'll go and then you know and so then I'll develop a color story in that sense, you know. Um so – but most of my, like, actual design work is – I have some sort of emotional thing I'm trying to say. So right. when I first started my um, body of work, it was – it had a, a lot to do with sort of um, dealing with the long-term relationship that ended, you know, the California relationship. And then meeting my now husband, then it was – that kind of turned into these, like, lovey things, <laughs> um, which that that's where the toothbrushes come in is, like um, –
0: there's always two,
1: right? So like when I like started like hanging out at his house a lot, <laughs> I I had a toothbrush and I was like, but I was like, I was trying to play it cool because Adam's a very cool guy. He's, yeah, you know, he's, I agree. Like, he's a musician. He's he's a little bit older than me. Like he's just like cool. And so I was like, oh shit! Like I gotta play this right. Like I gotta, I gotta make be, sure. Gotta, gotta I be got, cool. I gotta be cool right back. You know, like I, I want him to like me. So I like. I brought my toothbrush over, but I, I was like, okay, I'm going to be cool. I'm going to hide it because I don't want to be so imposing as to think I can put my toothbrush like next to his toothbrush. Right. Yeah. Because I still, you know, we, you know, I mean, it we we, we were pretty serious from the get go, but I was still like trying to be cool. And so I hid it my toothbrush and then you know he's taller than me so he must have seen it I must have put it somewhere where he could see but I couldn't see it really when I think about it in hindsight (laughs) so when I came back the next time he had found it and he had put it next to his toothbrush oh and I really like I mean really I was like oh shit like this guy likes me and it said something to me and it it, like it impacted me and so I know right and uh I Jake. can finally tell that story without crying, so that's good. Uh,
0: Jacob's crying. Right <laughs> I've Got now. all
1: the feelings.
0: <laughs> Anthony's crying behind me. He's wiped his glasses off.
1: <laughs> but but yeah, like I like the idea of a pair of toothbrushes representing like a very like mundane intimacy. Like yeah. I mean, just a very simple everyday thing. And I and I love making art that I feel like can connect with everybody. I mean, I'm, you know, you obviously can't connect with everybody, but I like the right. idea of like being real with my art. Like, I don't want to be like this super she, she, like higher than you thing. Like I want to like make connections with people. Yeah, something
0: Down to earth. So like, and...
1: yeah, like that, like that energy of like, I'm putting this toothbrush next to somebody else's toothbrush and it's very, it's very simple and every day. Very.
0: Yeah. But it's very it's... everyday. Exactly.
1: And it's, and it's kind of like, and I also like to employ a lot of humor in my work. And yeah. so it, it does have sort of like a tongue in cheek Literally, uh, um, it has. Well, you know, it, it has a sort of a humor to it because it's a toothbrush. Oh, you know? that was good. I did not plan that. You did. You. She she
0: wanted to take the whole entire interview. She's like, I'm gonna get this toothbrush story, <laughs> and really funny, I'm gonna throw funny, this pun funny. in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 she had it. That's awesome.
1: Um, so yeah, and I, so I love employing humor. I love making connections with people, and then like this series that i'm working on right now that like the board the giant board piece is kind of me sort of feeling really invaded by technology and the Mm -hmm. way that it's like become everywhere in our lives and so intimate
0: yeah
1: um and become like a part of who we are like literally attached to us you know and so and i've been trying to figure out like i mean i love technology and i hate technology like yeah I love watching TV, but then you watch TV for 4 hours and you're like, fuck. And your brain feels like it's melting and you feel like a turd on a log, right? You feel like a real like turd on a log floating down a stream <laughs> of nothingness, right? So, um I have been kind of playing with um processing how technology is affecting us and so I've and I also this is a side note but I I live on an old tobacco farm like a defunct tobacco farm that just got converted into a solar farm oh cool and so that's a very like I had to watch it was kind of a a traumatic thing just because I had to watch them tear down a whole bunch of trees to put solar panels up which I was a little like does this make sense
0: yeah it's kind of working forwards. I same know. Time. I was like, I
1: was like, this is North Carolina for you. Okay. <laughs> um, yep. so, and so then, and so then I had a hatred for these solar panels because I used to have woods and like nature all around me. Um, and now I have these solar panels, but solar panels are really great progressive f- thing. And I'm very much an environmentalist. So I like, I like that too. So I started like and trying to cope with this idea of these solar panels all around me, I started adding solar panels into my artwork mm-hmm. and like, i I love making these little tiny houses. And yes. for me, this is like, as an artist to have something that you can like go back to over and over again, mm-hmm. is a great way to like always be creating something. Yep. So if I want to make something new and I have like no idea what I want to make I'll just sit down and make a design a little tiny house, you know? And it's like a color study that I'm working on. And then, so I've started like incorporating um, elements into the houses where I've put like antennas on the houses or put like propane tanks next to the houses. I mean, propane's not really, well, I guess it still needs electricity, but, you know, kind of invading with these little bits of technology and been playing with like cell phones and um, stuff like this. I have this one really big piece that... I'm, I haven't finished yet and I'm really excited about, but it has a lot of, um, those technology elements in it. It's like it
0: has a lot of those things all in one big.
1: Yeah. It's, it's probably, it's not quite as big as this piece. It's maybe like this big. Yeah. But it has, a, it has like earbuds in it and, um, solar panels and it has a big fence in it. And, um, I actually made the whole piece and then decided that I didn't like the yarn huh. And decided that I wanted to dye my own yarn, which is like a new element for my artwork. Okay. Um, so I'm like in the process of dyeing it right now.
0: That's awesome. But we've
1: been having a lot of rain lately, so I kind of
0: can't really do. And my
1: husband banished me from doing it in the kitchen because he was like, "I don't know if I like these acid dyes like on our this stove." And I was yeah. like, "It's my art! Like you're <laughs> stifling <is> me. me. <laughs> you don't like me anymore." <laughs> he was like, "Just go outside." I was like, "Okay."
0: No shout out to Adam, man.
1: Shout out to Adam. He's the best. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst. No, just kidding. Uh, oh.
0: No, just kidding. Nah, she's kidding. Sometimes, Maybe. but no. <laughs> That's awesome. So, at the houses and this technology. you kind of incorporating a lot of things that, you know, kind of impact you. Um, what else? Are you, are you working on anything new? Like, any new
1: Well, things you're making? Well, I'm working on this piece that I'm dyeing the yarn. So, okay. I'm trying to dye my own gradient. Okay. And then what I'll do is I'll like I ba- so I um also I got a I got a grant through Arts Greensboro. Okay. So anybody in I think anybody in North Carolina can apply for a grant, and basically it's a project-based artist grant. Mm-hmm. So if you're if like let's say that you're like oh I want to. I want to make a podcast about artists, but I need two microphones and some rack gear. And like, you know, like you can basically submit a proposal and say, I need a thousand dollars to do this. And like, they give out a certain amount of money, you know, in the current administration, they might take some of that money away from us, but you know, um, yeah, yeah. you know, it's probably anyway. So I, I was able to apply for a grant to get a, a knitting machine, Oh hell yeah! And so I've been exploring, and so this is the first kind of big piece I did on the knitting machine. So the whole point of the knitting machine was that if I was to knit this by hand, I would like break my back. <laughs> like I would literally but, throw oh, my yeah, back like, out.
0: if you did because it, not by hand.
1: So this is done by a machine, but it's a manual machine. So I'm. It's almost like a loom. So I'm still like I'm You're still running a carriage left and right. But instead of doing like one row of knitting every thirty minutes, I can do one row in like three seconds. It's just a matter of okay. like running. Gotcha. So th- there, it's not electronic. Like it's not plugged in. There are certain electronic elements that you can utilize, but for the most part, it's just like a it's just like a different craft. Yeah. Um, so this piece was all um, machine knitted. Um. And it actually was, this is the width of my machine is here. So I had to knit three panels and then seam them together. Oh, I
0: see what you're saying. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I've got, I've, I just, so I want to keep exploring the, um, option, like the opportunities I have with the knitting machine. And I've like, I've become friends with this like machine knitters guild that's in Raleigh. And I have a few like mentors that are helping me figure out my abilities with the machine. It's like, it's one of those things where it's like almost hand knitting's easier than machine knitting, but machine knitting, you can get a bigger piece faster. So it's like a whole, just the new ball of wax. So I'm like learning how to work on that machine. And, um, I think I want to do another giant crochet lace piece. Like the ink that some shit. Yes. And I think I want it to be like more than twice as big as that.
0: Oh my God. So, so you did I need to get
1: started now <laughs> so I can have it done in like 5 years yeah. or now. Yeah, so that whole piece that ain't that some shit was literally like a thread and a crochet hook. And oh my God. and you build the lace. Um definitely one of my like a thing that informs my work is taking traditional craft techniques and then, you know, like turning them on its head, making them my own thing and um, like I, so I love looking at like cheesy craft books because you'll, you never know what kind of technique is going to pop up. So I saw some, you know, like this is called filet crochet and I saw some, you know, quaint little thing that said, you know, bread or whatever. And I was like, Hmm, what if it said something really different than bread? You know, <laughs> what if I changed the scale? What if I, so, um, that's definitely a big part of my work and, 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 it's so exciting to me that I was able to figure out a way to merge my love of craft and my love of art, especially when like painting wasn't doing anything for me. Yeah. And to be able to find, and then like, I mean, being able to find your own voice, be able to find your own process
0: Yep, exactly.
1: is like huge. And I think that, you know, moving out to the country helped me find that. Yeah. Um, And just like making room in your life to play and like, I think sometimes we all feel like we need to be like being so productive and getting things done that
0: nailed in and super just
1: serious and all that. Yeah. Like, Oh, I need to be making money. I need to be, you know, and so sometimes giving yourself the time to play and try ideas, even if they totally fail, you, you never know what will come of that. yeah And like, sometimes some of like, you can, sometimes you can come up with a great business idea just with stuff you're playing with for yourself or, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, I gave myself that space to develop this kind of technique and system. And now it's like, I don't, you know, now when I want to try something new or or I want to start a new piece, you know, I already have kind of my techniques that I'm using. I already have my, um, themes and my body of work that I can pull from. And, um, that's super valuable to keep the creative process going. Right to have kind of your your toolbox so to speak that's awesome so
0: so yeah that's that's incredible you're working on a lot of stuff and that's so true about being in that new environment of how it can inspire you so differently mm-hmm. um I think people are definitely afraid of stepping out of that comfort zone even though it can usually is very beneficial mm-hmm. so that's cool that you kind of jumped over those stepping stones or whatever and you did that and it's worked out beautifully yeah so.
1: i mean julian's only like an hour away from durham yeah. so it was like it wasn't too hard but i mean i, I was scared to move to the country i really yeah. was like i
0: mean yes that's that's a, that's a different beast yeah i was I mean, like
1: there's a bunch of rednecks yeah out there. That, you get that stereotype of
0: like dude I hell no
1: yeah but, so, but you love it yeah i mean i mean it's you know it's not northern california or anything but, yeah, but it's it's you know, I love I love the South, even for all of its issues, and I I love North Carolina. And when I moved back here from LA, I literally was like, "This is where I want to be." Like yeah. that was very clear to me. And I think anybody who wants to learn more about themselves, you go somewhere. Yeah,
0: that's you where move you
1: move away from your comfort zone, and then you figure out what's important to you. you just get and he's like, "Fuck this." Yeah. And so, like, I you know, yeah. I moved away to LA, and I didn't have a friend circle. I didn't have a community around me i didn't have any family and i was very lonely yeah. and when i moved back it was like this huge family and, and community was around me and i my heart like burst and i was like yeah i like being around these people yeah I'm
0: coming, yeah this is it i'm coming
1: back yeah this and is, like you know my right brother here. started having babies and yeah you gotta
0: hang out with the homies
1: yeah and i and i have a cool family and not everybody has a great family and very true um so shout out for good families. Yo, shout out to, to the family, family
0: dude. Shout out to the to the ne- the nephews and the nieces and all Ann's homies uh-huh. and stuff.
1: All, all the good ones. And 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 Adam has a great family, and they all live right around us in Julian. Oh, cool. So, um, that's that's fun. To have that. And but yeah, I I I totally was like, Yeah, I'm a I'm an extroverted person, I need people, and I do not want to be in a big city. Yes. And I also I mean another thing is like, you know, being an artist and a designer you always there's always a feeling like you want you should move to LA or New York or move to a big city to like really get your dream job or get your career going I know like Adam is a musician he's always like I should be in Baltimore I should be in Philly you know I should be you know and for me it was always really important to be like okay I want to be in North Carolina so I've got to figure out how to do what I want to do in North Carolina and you know the internet's been huge. Oh gosh, For that,
0: and but
1: yeah, so that that's that's been like um, really good. I, I still with my art, I haven't really shown much outside of North Carolina. I did have an ain't that some shit was able to travel up to New York for the International Contemporary Furniture Fair. Yo, which is sort of a random thing, but also ICFF is like a really cool thing. Um, Adam's furniture company that he works with, they took it up there and displayed it in part of their booth. That's so that that cool. was pretty cool. Then I was then I was stalking people on Instagram and I was like following like the hashtag ICFF and I found like a dozen pictures of like of it and oh, I was it, like, Yay! Like, this snakes. is so cool. Yeah. Their part is like, Yo, that's my shit
0: right yeah. there. Ain't that some shit?
1: So that that's like probably the furthest away any of my art shown. But pretty much, I like my goal was okay. I'm gonna like show in Greensboro, I'm going to show in Durham, I'm going to show in, now I'm, you know, I'm showing Raleigh, how do I figure out a place to show in Winston? So that's kind of been like the path I've been on. And I, you know, like after the Green Bean show, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a full-time artist and I'm going to get up every morning and put my pants on and like Mm. work on art. And it's a very, very ambiguous career choice
0: yes Yes.
1: (laughs) and it can it can take a lot of forms and so i tried things and i i completely failed at some things i made a little headway with some things you know like i got a grant i've gotten some shows um but it was so ambiguous and also was like it's all about me, you know, like right. I'm at home trying to express myself and be with myself and do this work with myself. And I was like getting a little crazy. <laughs> so I got a part-time job in town and that was a, a big help, you know, to not feel like stressed out about money and got a little socialization. Then meeting Ann was great. And she kind of had the same energy where she was like, I'm tired of being alone all the time. So like, come, come with me, please. Yeah. So, um, um, but you know, but I had enough alone time to like, Get my vision, um, but yeah. Now I've I actually had this. Have you ever heard of this bakery called Camino Bakery in Winston?
0: Yeah, of course.
1: Is it cool? Yeah,
0: that's probably one of the most known bakeries in Winston. Really? Where right on? I think it's Fourth uh, Street. I think it's Fourth Street. I can't remember, but it's uh, Camino is like too. huge.
1: Oh, cool. Yeah. So like someone from there just reached out to me and asked if I wanted to show. Oh, you
0: do should, you, you, should. you hear the
1: train? <laughs>
0: you should. Sorry, there's a train, guys. But no, if you get an opportunity to put in Camino, I would definitely jump on that. road. okay, quick.
1: cool. So that that just came sat in my lap like a couple of days ago. You so should definitely do that. Um, I'm really excited because I wanted to conquer yeah. all the cities. Yes. So and I Winston's think
0: good for that too.
1: And more, and I've been hearing some really cool things about Winston. Mm. So it'd be fun to get a chance to go over there. So yeah, yeah I think I think, and the really cool thing is. So I was like trying to do art full time and I just was feeling very like, how do I do this? So I kind of stepped back a little bit and was like, let me do some fashion stuff for a while and I'll keep, I'll keep doing my art stuff, but I'm not going to put all this pressure on it, you know, to be something right now. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to keep building. Cause really like you need like five years to really build like a body of work. Oh, figure you know, totally agree. it's you know, like
0: really yours. Like.
1: Yeah, and, your, your and, and you know, if you think about like your website, you know, every time I'd finish a piece and photograph it and upload it like okay, one more piece one more on my piece. website, you yep. know. I not you how that goes. <laughs> it takes forever.
0: It really does. Yeah.
1: And so, I was like, you know what? I'm going to stop putting so much pressure on my art art career. To be defined as something. Because I, I am very much like. I want to be able to define something. You know put it in a nice little box with a bow. And have it organized and like predict my future. And like stability. And, and so I was like okay. I, I'm not getting any of this with the art career. So let me do these other things. And then like random opportunities have come come my way. And then in those moments. I'll fo- I'll kind of revert back to like focusing on art. So like I had a show in Durham at Runaway. Um, store and gallery, and that's a great location to show. Um, yeah. It's right downtown next to Twenty One C. So basically, I was in Twenty One C. Just like there was a wall between me and Twenty One C. It'd be cool to be in Twenty One C. But yeah. uh, have you ever been there? I've been there before. It's a museum hotel. That's, that's open awesome. what twenty four seven. So you can go in at three o'clock in the morning and check out the exhibits. But it's like, I mean, they have like Kahindi Wiley stuff. It's like not. It's not Antony yet. yet. Yeah. They, and yet. Like, um, like like, Beverly McIver. I mean, you know, big names. Yeah. yeah. Two um, hours
0: a day. That's but like, crazy. But
1: like it's right near the pinhook. Yeah. So oh, yeah. Sh- I definitely know what that is. Yeah. After a show one night, I was like, okay, I, am I, I'm really tired, but I just want to see if I can go in there at like three o'clock in the morning. Did. And, yeah. And so it's like they have two stories of, of artwork and you can just go in. It is so cool. It is. It is so not stuff that we have in North Carolina. But it's in North Carolina. It? It's here. It's in my hometown. But Durham. yeah, they have, they have like really cool stuff. So it's more like mid to established artist work.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Um, that's cool that they have a place to showcase their work.
1: And there's know. like they have a restaurant there, and there's a ton of art in the restaurant. I highly recommend for you to stop, and it's free, so you can stop at any time right and you just walk in like you know what you're doing even if you don't you just walk in and then you'll you figure it out you're like yeah 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 Yeah, Yeah." they're like oh they know they're doing
0: yeah this is cool
1: that was totally what i did i was like i was like my mom told me i could just go in here and i was like i'm just gonna pretend like i fake it till you make it like oh that's
0: that's that's the real secret if
1: you need a life lesson on how to be an artist you fake it till you make it
0: that's a real secret Uh, that's awesome so throughout your journey you've had a a shit ton of accomplishments. So I was gonna ask you that specifically but you've told me so much. I'm like, yeah, she has a she's done uh, a lot. That's that's incredible. Oh, thanks. And it's cool that you've been all over, you've you know, you've been in LA, you've been in Georgia and you know, I think a lot of people have those dreams of like the big city of like oh this is gonna be great, blah, blah blah but it's cool that you were just like, nah not really, not for me. And you're doing it, you're in a real rural area and you're still like living your dream and doing your shit. So thanks. you don't have to be in a big city to do that. Yeah. So that's good that you um um told the the listeners that i'm happy you did that do what you want and yeah, figure you, out you, how you to make it do work it where you want yeah so, do it where you want um so just kind of bring this down what advice do you have i guess to those people listening um from established artists to up and comings to people who are thinking about doing it who are maybe a little bit scared to jump into the art industry Uh uh-huh. um, what would you tell those guys
1: well, I would definitely like reiterate one thing I said earlier, which is like make time to play and explore and definitely try to find your toolbox. And like, you know, I was thinking, you know, like I love like these little tiny houses that I knit it, like having, like having these things that you can kind of go to again and again. I mean like I'll stop knitting these tiny houses when I don't want to do them anymore, yeah. but like <laughs> having something that, that you can kind of jump into. So like if you have like no, it, you know, if you're not inspired, and you and you have, like, some creative blockage to have something like, okay, well, I'm just going to knit a pair of toothbrushes. I'm just going to knit another pair of toothbrushes. I've already made this, but I'm going to do it in a new color palette. Yeah, it's different. And, like, just, like, keeping yourself making, even if it's not anything new, just having something that you can go back to and keep, keep to. Re- refreshing yourself, like, playing with different colors or, you know, whatever your bread and butter is. Um, and then the other thing that I wanted to talk about, I thought about this at, like, Three o'clock in the morning when yeah. I couldn't sleep um, is like one of the biggest lessons that I'm still learning is like pricing your artwork.
0: Oh my gosh, that's always the hardest.
1: First part. of all, everyone hates it, yes. so don't think that you're alone. But you know, don't be afraid to sell your artwork. First of all, Either, yeah. you're not going to belittle yourself by trying to sell your artwork. Like I think some people think you take away this this sanctity of Art by yeah putting by a price a price tag on it, it false. but like let's be real like if I didn't sell my artwork, I would have no room in my house to live because there'd be like where would this go right exactly so like for me from a practical standpoint, like I need to sell my artwork so that I can keep making more, and then it gives you the funds to, to make more and and then, and then just having the justification that someone likes what you're doing is huge yeah so like what I would say is like when you're pricing your artwork. Do not sell yourself short. If you sell yourself short, you're kind of belittling the whole art community. And then also something that I'm very prone to doing is like prejudging my customers and thinking, oh, they can't afford this. Right. Like, oh, if I put a thousand dollar price tag on this, like, I know that my friends can't afford that. Like, oh, like that this they're going to hate me and like, like you don't judge your customers yeah, exactly. or your clients that's like
0: you lose a lot of money if you do that
1: yeah yeah it's just like so so don't assume what people can and can't afford people can make those decisions for themselves right you know i'm yeah. not answering that yeah. <laughs> uh and like yeah just just don't sell yourself short you know and, and really think about why you're making art and selling art and if And if you just are bored at home and need a hobby, then that's, you know, then maybe your work is priced a little more affordably. But if you want to try to make a career out of this, you really need to think about how long is this taking me to make it? How much money do I want to make annually? Okay, if I want to make $50,000 a year, then how much do I need to make a day to make $50,000? And so then what's my hourly rate? And then, I mean, as much as I hate keeping track of my time,
0: you, you, you should.
1: It, it, it's just smart. And then, and then being able to say, okay, well, you know, if this piece is this many square foot or, you know, square inches and it took me this much time, then maybe I can kind of estimate how much this would, how much this might be. Would, would because, be. like... And then the other thing, too, is, like, I couldn't afford to buy this piece. Um, so don't look at yourself and what you can afford when you price yeah, stuff. I'm
0: not for have you. I mean... It's for them, not for you. Yeah, so, like,
1: I, I made this piece... I made this piece and I put it in the runaway show at the end of last year and it was basically 16 tiny toothbrushes and it, and I put them together. So it made like one big, one big image, but yeah. I was like, Oh, this is so smart. I'm going to make this giant image, but it can be sold off individually and they'll oh, all be cool. like under hundred bucks. Yeah. And like, I'll be able to, you know, kind of appeal to the middle-class community that's here. Right. And then my husband and my mother were both like, you should put a price on all of them. And I was like, what? Wait,
0: the whole image?
1: Yeah, on all 16 pieces. They were like 16 tiny pieces that I'd collaged together on the wall. Damn. And they were like, you should put one price on it. And I was like, y'all crazy. Nobody's gonna want 16 toothbrushes, toothbrushes, right? And someone bought it.
0: You put one price on it.
1: And someone bought the whole thing. See? Look. And I belittled the cl- you know, the community and was like, oh, nobody's gonna buy this. You know? And because I had a support system that said, no, yeah, like. No, you can't just try it, like this is cool, like just do it. And so, that's been like one of my biggest accomplishments. Was see, like that was awesome. the biggest piece I'd ever sold, and I didn't have to figure out what to do with 16 toothbrushes after the shower came see, down. That's <laughs> awesome, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, see, that's cool.
0: I'm glad you, I'm definitely glad you brought that up because yeah. that's probably a, a roadblock a lot of people go into, and people asked me or ask, you know, just. They Don't know and they're scared, and it's just like, Yo, right, you because should...
1: you're prejudging, yeah. you're thinking about what you can afford. Don't yeah. think about that
0: now as an artist. <laughs> not no. as a becoming because you know, you and, and you know, want. and
1: don't listen to you know, like your brother who's a plumber. That we so
0: should, should charge this for,
1: yeah, like that. You know, like I, my brother one time got mad at me about how expensive I had charged price these one pieces, and he was like complaining about how expensive they were, and it kind of hurt my feelings. And then I was like, wait he's just mad because he wants to own these and hey. he can't afford them. Yep. And, but he was making me feel like I was like charging too much. And so it was like, I was like, don't listen to those people stick with yourself. And like, you know, I, I have a friend that works at an art gallery and I consulted her about like, how should I price? And, you know, I've, you know, done research and definitely, definitely don't undersell yourself. Cause then you'll be a little, all the rest of us too. So.
0: Exactly. You need to make sure you don't sell yourself short. Like you said, And that's awesome that someone there's someone out there would buy it because I think everyone's been at that point where you go to like a gallery and it's like why is this a thousand dollars? And to your point, it's like someone's gonna buy it, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. If it means that much to somebody, like you know,
0: it's gonna connect with someone.
1: Yeah, and 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 then it's also really good to understand where your art sells. Like like I've sold really well in Durham, and so I so I'm gonna keep pursuing opportunities in Durham, like. Have you ever heard of the Carrick in Durham? I don't think so. That's it. Shout out to the Carrick. Shout out. Uh, the Carrick is a zero commission art space. You can apply for a show for free. What? And then you can sell all your artwork and they won't take any money from the sales. Oh, shit. Which that is, is fucking unheard cool. of. It's a non-profit. Um, the, the biggest like bummer is that the shows are two weeks at a time. So it means a lot of people get to show, but it's not a very long amount of time. Yeah. But I had a show there. I sold really well. I sold enough that I was able to then kind of choose how much I wanted to then donate to the Carrick because I was like...
0: Yeah, like, here. You know, like, this is time. so
1: cool that you gave me this opportunity. Yes. And um, so, like, the Carrick is a really great place for, for like, beginner artists, if you're looking for a place, even established artists. Like, I think, like, Heather Gordon's sort of, like, a art darling right now, and she she had her, like, thesis show there. So, like, it's just a really... I highly recommend that. Awesome. The Carrick.
0: So we'll do. This is great. There's so much information. I haven't hopefully, run out of breath yet. Hopefully the listeners have found some value out of that. Cause you definitely hit a lot of solid points. That I think a lot of people definitely need to hear. Cool. Um, so yeah, again, this is Ann Tilly. She is a textile artist here in Greensboro and Julian, um, had a, sh- at the red canary. Maybe you see her in the window one day, walking down Elm street in Greensboro. If you're here, Come say, Hey, come say, Hey, <laughs> <laughs> But yes, buy her work and her website is
1: So I kind of my main name is Antilly Tilly Handmade and that kinda of covers all my text art and my cool. my sewing freelance work. So it's AntillyHandmade.com. Awesome. And that's Anne without an E. Yes. And also my Instagram is Antilly Handmade. And then my um new clothing line that's gonna be launching soon is gonna be Ann and dot com. Damn right. And it's an Ann one Anne without an E and one Anne with an E. Awesome. So Ann and Ann and it's gonna be some gonna sick be clothes brah yes.
0: Yes, bra. <laughs> cool So, oh
1: and we have an instagram too it's in and and love you so because we do we Easy love you we love you
0: we're gonna put this all in the description
1: okay cool places
0: on podcast app and the youtube um but obviously this is probably a definitely one you definitely want to watch on youtube because there's a lot of visuals and you can see ann she's she's okay not really. I took
1: a shower for you guys.
0: And she's wearing some funky socks. Maybe. So I knit these. Need, oh, I'm, it's handmade Surprise. socks. She made some handmade socks. <laughs> Go figure. And handmade. Huh? Is
1: that a tribute to Miss Purple? Um, this is blue.
0: <laughs> Jacob is blind. These, so. this, these these were
1: so boring to make. I don't know if I can do another pair of socks. There was just one color. Yeah. I was like,
0: I want to request some socks. I so. I need
1: I need this kind of uh, socks. That would be awesome. <laughs> That's right. my kind of uh, enthusiasm. But.
0: but yes, um Thanks for listening. This is awesome. Thanks Thank for you having Ann me for inviting us to and your And now we're going to eat pizza. We're definitely eating free pizza from Sticks. Shout out, shout out to Sticks shout and Stones. Sticks and Stones, Greensboro no other. royalty.
1: I mentioned uh, Domino's pizza, and my husband was like, "Hell no!" Yeah, why
0: would you do that? Well, it's no, like no offense, it's Domino's. Right, it's
1: right by my house, so like on my way into town, I was like, "Oh, that'd be really no. easy." And Adam was, I was like, "He was like, who are you?"
0: you Go to Sticks. got to Sticks. Go to Sticks. Yeah, sure <laughs> yeah <Adam. laughs> almost fucked us over with some Domino's and the Sticks.
1: I didn't do it. I, I didn't do it.
0: Nah, Sticks look,
1: is too good. Got, gotta support local local independent.
0: Yes, but no. Thank you for the pizza. Um, if you like what you heard, please rate us on the podcast app and like us on YouTube. Subscribe.
1: And go back and listen to all the other ones, too. this is a really ones. great ones. There are some
0: insane podcasts. Insane people around us. That
1: guy, Tommy, was pretty hilarious. Yo, I like shout him. out to
0: Tommy because... He he gets very passionate. Uh, he,
1: about his ideas. his uh, talking about his stepdad. Oh, oh,
0: dude! I wish I could remember that dude's name. Dave. Dave? Was it Dave? He was like
1: it it Dave, was Dave.
0: Dave. you if you're Dave? Listening, if Yo, you're listening to this. Shout out to Dave again because you're hilarious.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: but no, thank you for listening, and this is the end of this one and stuff. La la. <laughs> I didn't even realize there was one over
1: there. <laughs> All cool. right.